Hey, hey, thanks for listening to Moments with Daru podcast. And I'm your host, Modhani. This is season four, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen. This season will have different conversations with remarkable guests who share their life journey, moments of overcoming dire circumstances, and lessons we can learn from them. I will also have solo episodes where I will share my thoughts on day-to-day situations, life events, or aha moments. I do all of this so that you may be inspired, encouraged, and uplifted. With that said, let's dive in. Today's guest is passionate about human capital and specifically working with young people to rethink their contribution to changing the African narrative. Previously, he has worked with young people from 14 different African countries in helping them craft um, their lives and also to become leaders for today and for the future. Welcome onto the show, Brian. Thank you so much, Mudoni. Thank you so much for having me. And, uh... I'm excited to be here. Fantastic. So what's keeping you happy during these times and what are you learning about yourself? Well, thank you. Thank you for that. I, the fact that we have to wake up tomorrow and uh, we have to be better and uh, there's really no checklist for this. I think that continuous and constant, uh, constant requirement of us as a human race uh, really keeps me excited. So it's not usually the stuff that will excite everyone, mm. but being there for the people who really need and depend on you and, and understanding the weight of that requirement from them, that in itself just uh, makes me excited to get, to get up and, and be better. Awesome. And what are you learning about yourself? So I've... <laughs> a couple of things maybe let me let, let me mention two things one is something i know something i not very and as human beings we are not very we're not very um open to talk about but that i'm inherently flawed as a human being i have flaws and so sometimes i think it's good to laugh at yourself but most importantly ask yourself what you can do to improve being self-aware. And so I think understanding that I have the potential to quickly fail, I have the potential to, and I have actually one of the most interesting things is every bad decision that I have made, I have been the sole culprit. (laughs) Mm. And so understanding that I have the amazing potential to, to mess makes me be very self-aware and have an appetite for failing and for failure, but then with the, with the goal of improving and be better. Because I think, and I, 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 I read quite a lot on, on various subjects. And one thing I see, whether you're looking at global leadership, whether you're looking at leadership at your local community, whether you're speaking to your friends in Achama, is that People are trying to be too careful. People are trying to stick to outcomes. And, and that means they, uh, they either take failure with a, with a pinch of salt. They either take failure as 
something really terrible. And that means they can't, they can't improve or make, give, uh, put structures that can actually make them develop. So one of the greatest lessons is, yes, I, I am prone to fail. I have a very high affinity for failure. But what I'm learning about myself that is exciting me is being open and being open to learn about what to do so that I can, I can improve in my processes. Well said. You know, it's very important that we be self-aware. And I like how you said yes, you know that you are flawed. And many of us don't want to face that reality that, you, that we are flawed, but there's room for us to improve. There's room for us to embrace failure because once you embrace it, you can learn from it and become a better person. So why do you think Absolutely. we shy away of becoming self-aware or taking stock of our lives? So, well, that's a good question. And um, obviously I can't speak for the entire human race, but I know even as if you look at, if you have a child and you look at your child or you interact with your friends, uh, we, we sort of have, I don't know whether this is, I, I definitely it's not genetic, but we sort of have a spirit of avoidance. We like, we like either avoiding hard conversations, avoiding certain, certain issues that need to be faced. And, and being very aware that if you start doing self-analysis, you can actually, you'll start, uh, you'll start unearthing things that you don't want to think about or address. I think that, that in itself is one driver that says, you know what, things will take care of themselves. But then it's, it's I, 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 I wonder and I, I worry about, about our betterment because that mentality is really, it's, it's really rampant in, in the masses. But then I, I really hope that we can come out of it because every day people are in the business of bettering themselves, they're in the business of excelling. And if, I know from, from your hard work, from your experiences in business, from your experiences working with young people, one thing is really clear. If you look at the, the journey and the stories of people who are either failing or succeeding, is that whatever they term as excellence is, is really mundane. So because I think if you're working towards excellence as a person, if you're working towards being a better human being for the community, being a better human being for the continent, it, it really is a mixture of really small kinds of activities and skills that needs, need to be done consistently and correctly. And cumulatively, these small activities then lead you to excellence. Now, the issue now comes in because we sort of don't, we, we are very, look, Mudoni, if, if we go to a party, I'm a, I'm bi, I'm a bit divert, I'm diverting a little, but I hope no the problem. point will be home. No if we, we quickly go to a party and um, we, we quickly go to a party and I introduce myself to you, in, it's interesting that in most cases, just spending five minutes with me you will know so much about my flaws rather than myself. So we, 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 we have an amazing ability not really to know who we are. So you, you, I mean, 
I'm not saying this in terms of confidence, and I'm not confusing this confidence and your ability to get out and interact, but we sort of either lie to ourselves or we sort of are aware of the things that we are not so good at. For example, if you go to a job interview and you pitch and say, I can do this, I can do this, but you really know that uh, you can't do that. And so we, when it comes to now addressing these things, we have a remarkable ability to avoid them. So I don't know, it, I think it's just, it's people, people, don't, people don't actively participate in self-awareness because, or introspect because I feel they just want to avoid. And avoiding means perhaps they don't want to address the gray areas. Uh, they don't want to start that project. They don't want to, they, they don't want to listen to, to the message and to the message, uh, but they quickly want to sort of let go of the message because of the, of the maybe the convener of the message. I don't know if that makes sense. So I think it's just, it's, it's, it's just horrible how, how as a human race, we sort of uh, can quickly lie to ourselves and avoid, and you know, it's, it's not massive lie, like uh, massive lie that, you know, this, I don't want to, to rate lies, but it really begins with, with something as simple as, I want to go for a jog and this is, this is my plan for the week but you really know, uh, you, you really understand why you need to go for, for, for the job, mm. but you understand that you have habits that perhaps do not support that. And you are afraid to address those habits and trends. <laughs> I don't True. know if that no, makes sense. No, it totally makes sense because we avoid it. Because the moment you face it up front is the moment you have mm-hmm. to be responsible and take action, right? And so for most of us, we know if we, if we face ourselves and take the action, it means we need to put in the effort. And then with that brings mm-hmm. change and then change forces True. us out of our comfort zone. And many of us want to stay comfortable. Unfortunately, you know, if you stay comfortable, you can grow. So I do understand where people yes. would want to avoid all of that because comfort is, is it's safe. Mm-hmm. And you, you can predict yes. how your life is going to unfold, but I think you want to share something. Yes, I, I, that also reminds me of uh, the, the fact that we, have, we are prone to avoidance hmm. also tells you about the nature of our, of our world, of our environment. Because naturally, we want to take ourselves in a realistic and sensitive way. But in order for us to clearly be self-aware, introspect, know ourselves well, the, the, we, we, we fall into this default where we rely on the level of awareness, courage and honesty, and honesty circulating in, in, in the society as a whole. So a quick, a quick example, your society might not necessarily be current Nairobi area. Your society might be the group of friends that you value most, your network. And if their, their level of courage, their self-awareness, their honesty, if so, so you tr- you try to you try to look at yourself through their lens, and I think that's also another thing that sort of encourages us to gravitate towards avoidance. Because mm. I'm, 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 as in fact as a young person and working with young people, I'd advocate for people to really begin about the standards that we set in the society. 
standards yeah. such as look we we are flawed and and we are not we are not being self aware for it. and introspecting is not necessarily you know it's not necessarily being so aware about your your flaws and get getting to a spiral of self loathing but you're actually trying to see how to better yourself i think that's also that is how we should packet this message that it's not just looking at self analysis and looking at pt because a lot of people when you raise this conversation they they feel you're sort of saying okay i've been aggrieved should i keep on going going through these things but it's just looking at what situations actually can make you better from this so that really forces you that introduces another aspect it forces you to actively desire to work on what you're realizing so if you're self aware then automatically you can begin to say hey i am prone to lying to my mm-hmm. friends about what i value the most does it speak to does it speak to one two three what what does it speak about this experience that perhaps shaped this what does it speak to my biases am i am i does this also is this getting to my decision making process so it's just not just being self aware but i think we need to we need to get to a situation where also the 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 society and what it views sort of encourages you as an individual but unfortunately you have to start as an individual and then through conversations such as this and through the hard work which you mudoni do and a host of other people in this space can begin to say youth are looking looking to the society to sort of blend what what processes they want to participate yes i totally agree with you it has to start at an individual level because if you're waiting for somebody else to do it for you it's not going to happen absolutely i introduced you as being very passionate about human capital what makes you so passionate about you know human beings and so my passion in working with people my passion believing in human beings is is the fact that we have life and we have we have the capacity to we we have the capacity to think we have the capacity to come up with solutions we also have uh, the capacity to really mess to really be biased about things but then we have the capacity to come together and leverage our, on, on our, our strengths as people with cognitive abilities life with cognitive abilities to just to just change our situation and so yeah it's i'm going round with it but human beings are a great it's it's a beautiful story that you can write about right from evolution to you know with the young people them still trying to figure themselves out and you saying that as a human race we are both good and bad we are flawed what are your hopes for the young younger generation and what are your hopes for africa all right thank you for that i'll take it in two parts so hopes for africa and hopes for the young generation mm-hmm. so let me start with let me start with the young generation um one of the things getting into the, this this is an interesting discussion and usually it can usually go both ways because more people get into the field of uh you know just looking at human capital uh working with youth to unlock uh potential people tend to be 
to go this prescriptive. So they tend to prescribe a couple of things. Mm -hmm. But I think I want to address this question by, sorry, I want to address this question by, by looking at what possibilities are there. But before that, preface it by saying, we perhaps need to believe a little bit more on the young people. Yes. Uh, the activities that the activities that people are doing currently, I mean, investing in the you can invest in someone, but you really do not believe in them. Sure. I think we need to be very clear and reconcile that reality. We we are yet to the indications uh, from from all angles that people are either investing in the youth, working with the youth because it seems like a good to have thing. Mm-hmm. It seems like a, a global trend, mm-hmm. but believing, believing in their abilities, believing in nurturing, in nurturing them, that belief is still is 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 questionable. Yes. I mean, I'm I'm saying this anecdotally. This that belief is questionable. And how do I know this? You don't have to look further. Look at look at the trends in investing in youth. Uh, we we sit in air conditioned boardrooms and prescribe very good what we see as very good packages, but we are not involving the youth mm. in, in crafting, in understanding you. For example, we have, we have methodologies such as human-centered design that can be employed to sort of understand what is their reality? How can they actually be on the driver's seat? Those, those angles say that you care. How do you treat your, how do you treat your daughter? You, you, you highly unlikely you are just in the business of prescribing. We are moving away and away from, I, have, I, have, I am a doctor and I want to make sure that my daughter is a doctor as well. We are sort of moving away from that and trying to give our children an opportunity for them to participate and say, dad, I want to do, I want to go for ballet. I know you want me to play rugby. But I want, I, I'm very much interested in nurturing my science. So I want to join the Young Science Club. To a, to a small extent, families are doing that. But if you look collectively at the youth, this same uh, opportunity is not accorded to them. Yeah. We craft very good programs on paper, but then the youth are not in the driver's seat. Mm-hmm. So that belief that th- there is a reality that they have that we sort of are not part of it. That, that is one. But that said, we st- you, uh, if, if you lack that, then you don't have a, a framework or a mechanism for performance that can then push the youth to, yes, pursue their dream, but within not necessarily controlled environments, but within an environment where they know people are believing in them, they have to work hard, they have to be innovative, so what they will do is, I mean, I, I attend most of these things, I run some of these programs, is you will come, you will print information and communication education materials, you'll give them t-shirts, they will do a mobilization, and then you'll record that as, as an intervention that works. But there's just so much that you as a donor, you as someone participating, and them as people who should be driving, that we do not know because we don't we don't necessarily have a framework that is stemming a framework that has a background in the belief that we need to have in them. So it's so I, I wanted to preface that before I say 
what my aspirations for them are. Yeah. So as, as a father and as a young man who is very passionate about Africa, I, I really want to advocate for young people to have the appetite for failure. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to start. You, you have to start. You have to figure it out. You have to actively look for resources, regardless of what your socioeconomic status is. I mean, uh, there, there are beautiful stories that you hear of people coming from places that are not anywhere in the map to where they are. But there are equally, uh, equally sensitive stories of people who've tried to come from those places and failed. Mm. We actively don't look at that. We don't actually look at the stories of the people who fail. So I, I know Mudoni, one of your, probably one of your conversations is not necessarily with, uh, with, with someone who's made it, let me, let me loosely put it, but someone who's repeatedly failed and just try to see what is keeping them going. And I think self-awareness, introspection squarely fits into that. So that's, that's, that's my, my uh, clarion call for, to, to the young generation. My host for Africa is, uh, at, to, to our leaders, I think the pandemic specifically has, has provided lots of opportunities for us to sort of negotiate for us to put ourselves out there as African, African leaders. Uh, if, if people are looking at vaccines manufacturing, I mean, we should equally be playing a key role, maybe through Africa CDC, through such organizations as Camry here, uh, who have participated in, in clinical trials. But then this, these stories are not really coming up. We, we still are at a point where we are recipient of either ideas, recipients of money. That thing, Mudoni, I'll tell you, really, <laughs> really rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> we, are equally, we are equally equipped yes, we are. Uh, with, with, with the context and with the resources to say we can be players. But that means we, we have to be thorough. We have to lift each other up. And I think that's, uh, it. again, it starts with individuals. And you can't really participate effectively in this race if you're not true to yourself and true to your goals. Well said, well said. Yes, we can. And as you're saying, if you don't believe that you can at an individual level, how then can you participate in this global conversation of that we as Africans can do it, we can be on the table and we can be active players. It's something that rubs me the wrong way as well, Brian, where you're just like, we can't continuously be recipients of this money, of this funding, when in fact, we've got such brilliant minds in the continent who can come up with the solutions, who can participate in developing solutions that can help us have better lives, you know, you know, elevate us from poverty, make us have the opportunity to create our own vaccinations. I mean, it is something that I guess we are still learning. Um, as you've mentioned as well, we have to have an appetite of failure. And I think with repeated failure, we will figure ourselves along the way. So my next question True. is this. You mentioned that you are a father and obviously you being a man and you, 
how would you want to raise your children to understand the meaning of being a man? Oh, that's a deep question and I really like it. And I hope that, I hope that this question can be asked to aspiring dads and people who have, you know, and, and, and active dads. I might butcher the, the, the strength of the question, but I really hope that this is a question that constantly as men, we can ask each other. Mm-hmm. I will tell you this, I will preface by saying this, we, and perhaps this is a conversation that needs to be spoken out, that, that, needs, that needs a lot of visibility. We, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm not so sure, I'm not, I'm not so sure uh, is my way of saying, I have not been confident for a long time about how boys have been raised. Mm. And perhaps my, this is not scientific, but this is something I see from how we behave when we are faced with, uh, with problems as men, how we respond to failure, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But then I think for a long time, boys have been told mm. that, that to, to loosely translate that, yeah, you, you, you shouldn't be quick to show the world your problems you shouldn't cry you shouldn't be vulnerable and and i think i think that that in itself has set a very bad precedence uh one thing is this i usually every time i have an opportunity to talk to men i ask them i tell them that uh women every time they are with them their nieces, their daughters, their sisters, their younger sisters, they will always tell, openly tell the girl about, the, the, the girls about sexuality. Don't allow, don't allow someone to touch you this way. This is inappropriate. This, this, there are those difficult conversations that apparently are not so difficult when women are speaking to, to the younger girls. I ask, I ask my counterparts, when you speak to your nephew, away from telling them about rugby and 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 uh, PlayStation, what exactly do you talk about? What exactly do you talk about that is related to sexuality? That is related to being a gentleman? That is related to meaningfully uh, being vulnerable, for example? And and it's a pain because. We we do not know. I'll openly tell you that is not a discussion that any man, at least most men that I've spoken to, regardless of their socioeconomic status, want to engage in. And there in itself tells you, t- tells you that we perhaps need to revisit the family unit and how we are growing our children. And so to your question, one thing that I aspire for my children, and I work and pray about this, is that they can be independent minds. Independent minds in the sense that, yes, this is it, but then do I have the ability to question, respectfully question and say, yeah, why is, why when I look at the candle flame, why is it blue at the base and a little bit of yellow white in the middle? Not, it might range from such things to, Yes, I think I've been told when I'm in the bus, when I'm taking the subway and there's an elderly person, it's respectful for me to 
to sort of uh, give them my seat or I, I should hold the door, hold the door, open the door. It, it ranges from, from those kinds of things to what is really my contribution? Should I, should I share this with my neighbor? Is it right to say, to speak up when I need to speak up? I think having that openness and, and having that frame of mind really makes you makes them better children for the society. Because I usually say if you raise, if you raise children who are not good, let me let me say that and be diplomatic and say children who are not good, <laughs> you're doing a disservice to the community. And so my my aspiration for them and my prayer is they can be children of uh, they, they can be children of open mind, they can be respectful and they can there's something, let, let me try and say this. I don't think I've ever uh, outrightly spoken about this, but this is my desire. Mdoni at your workplace or any activity you engage in, it's highly likely people are just, people are just pushing the process. So if I give you, if you're working on a task and you are supposed to sort of write a paragraph, let, let, me, give, let me give a, a sloppy example. We are writing an article together. We are co-writing an article. And then someone just writes and forwards and, and goes for the weekend and says, I did my part without seeing, will this, am I submitting this thing in the form that is, that will need less correction? Am I being a team member? Mm -hmm. So we, I, I realize that because of the many, of the many uh, activities of life, because of being pulled in different directions, people are very comfortable to settle with with just what's okay, but yeah. people are not angling for perfection. And I want to say that carefully. I'm not saying we're in the business of pushing for perfection, but I'm just talking about consistency and being very comfortable about the quality of your work. And, and again, it goes back to the discussion that we've had. You really can't know the quality of your work and what your values are if you're not constantly examining, seeking feedback, examining what, 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 what your attitude has been towards a certain assignment, what you can actively do to improve. And I really want my children to be, to be, to embrace those kinds of things. I hear you. And so we'll do our best. And then <laughs> we hope that the, the universe will also conspire. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I, I tell you, Independent thinking is so important because I think I was reading an article or listening to a podcast where the person was saying many people have borrowed thinking. They don't think for themselves. So you borrow ideas, you borrow thoughts and you apply it into your own life instead of thinking for yourself. And then, you know, coming back to the drawing board and said, okay, fine, I did X. How can I adjust and become a better person? So, as sure. we change the conversation and just wind it down, how do you want to be remembered? Oh, nice. Uh, for this conversation or remembered when, when my time is right and I go? Whichever, you, whichever aspect <laughs> you want to pick up on. Either is okay. <laughs> All right. So just before I respond to that, as I buy time to really think of uh, something solid that might perhaps encourage a listener mm -hmm. is yes, I've written about I've written about what you've just spoken about 
uh, on and, and particularly pushing for two things. Uh, for those in authority, for those who have the opportunity to work with people and encourage them to, to grow or grow a skill, to try metacognition, where you're actively encouraging the either the, the learner or the person who's the recipient of what you're passing along to th actively think about their thinking. Uh, and that's one. Secondly, uh, we sort of, uh, as young people and, and as people in general, we sort of uh, we sort of gravitate towards the first order thinking. If you look look in literature, first order thinking is where, oh, there's a podcast. I'll give a conversation, but you're not going and saying these are the this is these are the consequences as we see them. But you're not going to other layers to see as a result of this what could be the second order thinking. What 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 are these other things that we don't know about this specific action? Going uh, to the third phase and saying, okay, so we we sort of like to think at the moment without without uh, giving too much attention to what what could what are the third and fourth consequences that we probably do not see now, and and it, this you can see this even in business you'll you'll get into a very good conversation about a business model with someone and say I want to start Mutura business or Mutumba business because I'm living in an area where there's no kiosk and people have to travel long distances to get decent clothing. From the from first order thinking will be, yeah, that sounds like a business model, a good business model. But you're not looking at the long term and seeing, what if this happens? What if this happens? Looking and saying, okay, in the longer term, in terms of a policy framework, what does this mean? What does it mean in terms of productivity? So I wanted to, I wanted to, add that kind of information to what you've just said. Now, how do I want to be remembered? I, I want to be remembered as someone who's trying to champion people to, to be curious, explore your curiosity, find out why, question yourself and say, yeah, I've been holding this assumption about, about, about this segment of the economy or about this disease or about the risk factor for one thing or another thing or about the model on how to improve uh, menstrual health in girls or about this but is there is there something I'm missing that curiosity and I see this curiosity in kids and unfortunately our, uh, our education model sometimes kills that curiosity but I want to be remembered as someone who's actively saying yes you're this sounds good, but do you think there's something that might be missing? And once you start going down that conversation, you will start saying, you'll start knowing the things you're comfortable about and the things you're not. And I think that this is a great opportunity to start paying attention to those things that make you uncomfortable and try to see what they, they, what they mean about you. I love it. Be curious. Yeah explore your curiosity and just be uncomfortable and finding out what's making you uncomfortable. So I want to appreciate you, Brian, for taking the time to come onto the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It's, it's, uh, I'm a great fan and it's, it's just amazing the, the good work that you're doing. And I, I hope that um, one or two listeners can, can perhaps get a challenge from this conversation. I'm sure they will. 
So dear listeners, thank you for listening and hold on to the words shared in this conversation. For me is have an appetite for failure and also be curious. So until next time, stay safe. Thank you.